Hey yo, welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Braverman. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the Dia Pod. Let's get right into today's show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Another week of baseball in the books, and Arkansas continues to dominate at number one with Vanderbilt at number two, just like we've been seeing all season. So we'll get into the 25 in a few minutes, but Colby, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, you know, a little more than a week off, but it was good. It was a good week of baseball, so I'm happy. And, you know, next week we're going to go all in, so can't wait. Yeah, we got final season wrapping up. It's been done for me for a while here. Getting to the finish line, um, got my second vaccine, so everything's looking good. So we can just enjoy baseball now and do as many shows as we want, get plenty of content for y'all. Exactly. We got a ton of stuff planned on the YouTube uh, podcast. We were going to get new mics. We're going to make get a new camera. It's going to be awesome once we're in person, too. Things are looking bright, and we're getting closer to that every day. Yes, sir. All right, so let's get into this 25. As I said, Arkansas and Vandy, no surprise there. We've come to expect that at this point. Mississippi State jumping up from number four to three. Tennessee staying at four. Um, Texas to five. Um, TCU um, falling down to six after being at three previously. Um, and Notre Dame, seven to eight. Florida, 10 to nine. And Oregon, 11 to 10. So we've seen those little shifts, you know. Not a ton of variability, but little movements. Yeah, I mean, only one team dropped out, Old Dominion. Um, UC Irvine jumped in at 24. Um, I mean, our top matchup from last week was Texas TCU. Um, it was a great series for Texas fans, not really for TCU fans. But um, we got Tennessee, Arkansas this weekend with full capacity in Tennessee, which is going to be huge. Yeah, we saw that um, with that game down at, where was it? Um, last week, that LSU, Arkansas right? Had, LSU, thank you. Yes, I don't know why I was drawing a blank there. They welcomed in the, the best stadium, yeah, and um, stadium yeah, it was, college baseball, it was an awesome atmosphere down there. Yeah, for sure. Um, she want to get into like top. You know, it's getting close to the end. The uh, episode title obviously is "Let's Finish Strong," so we're coming down to the home stretch. So let's break down the top five. Let's do it. So. In the rankings, SEC has the top four spots. Um, those conference playoffs will be an absolute bloodbath. Um, you look at the standings, Arkansas is holding strong, but Mississippi State is only one game back in the SEC West standings because they have done pretty strong in conference play. They are uh, 16-8. and eight. Ole Miss not far yeah. behind, only three games. Yeah, but and we'll get into Ole Miss, but I don't think they're going to catch them. And then in the East, Tennessee has a half a game lead on Vanderbilt which is likely to disappear this week weekend unless Tennessee just sweeps Arkansas, I guess, because it doesn't look like Vandy's going to lose two out of three. Yeah. I, I would be surprised, but yeah, exactly. And Florida still lurking, dangerous squad, only two games behind. Um, I'm a believer in the Gators team, but we'll see. Franco Alamon has, has been Franco Alamon and Judd Fabian's heating up too. He's now climbing those home run leaderboards and, it wasn't the start he was looking for, but he's looking like his old self now. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely agree. Um, and, I mean, the most valuable arm is for the most best team in the league in college baseball, Kevin Cobbs. Uh, Cops. He had, what, seven and a third innings pitch, two saves. 
he's in. I I think he should be considered with the other two Vandy guys as one of the top pitchers in baseball. Oh, absolutely. And you've seen those Vandy guys have some rocky outings the last few weeks. You still believe in their talent, but it's just Cops has been unbelievable. So you can't ignore what he's doing for the number one team in the country. And he keeps us up throughout the postseason and regionals. Yeah, big things are ahead for him. Yeah, we can. Awards aren't based on potential. They're based on the success you had that year. And he's had the most success because Leiter has obviously fallen off since the no-hitter. Um, and Rocker's been up and down of late. So, I mean, Cobbs, Cobbs is the only one, I'd say, who's consistently been the most dominant pitcher in baseball. Yeah, he's the big reason why. Um, Arkansas has been up there for 11 straight weeks, number one in the power rankings. Longest streak since 2013 when North Carolina was up there. Um, so very impressive. And they've taken eight straight SEC series. So they're... T- They've been doing what they need to do and been pretty impressive to hold off Vanderbilt as they have all year because we were expecting Vanderbilt to be that number one team, but don't doubt Arkansas. Yeah, yeah and Cops was a big reason why they won that series, and they got another big series coming up this weekend, like we said, 100% capacity in Tennessee. See how they stack up against the number uh, four, five team, four team in the country, who's also first place in the SEC East, so it's battle of first place. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing matchup when I will absolutely have my eyes on. Of course, we're going to watch UConn-Villanova first, but then right after that game ends, we'll be catching up on our Arkansas-Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. Um, number two team in the rankings is also second in the SEC East. Like we said, half a game back of Tennessee. Um, Leiter, that was weird, right? He They announced on their Twitter he was getting the weekend off. Should we be concerned about that? I mean, maybe they're trying to work on his mechanics, iron some things out, but anytime that a guy that you're expecting to be like a number one overall pick or at least the first few, they just sit him down for a while. It's definitely not what you want to see. Get him yeah, tuned up I mean, for the stretch run, but yeah, it's, it's my, a tough situation. My thought behind it was maybe he's never pitched this much in his like career. That's like since point, yeah. high school, because high school is not that long of a season. This is the most toll he's ever had on his arm. And that was the main concern everyone had with him versus Rocker at the beginning of the season. So maybe that's catching up to him, which would should bring doubt to MLB teams, even though he has the potential. Maybe he just doesn't have the stamina. It's a good point. I didn't really think of that too much, but you're absolutely right. Um, you don't want to kill the guy just right now. So at least give him a week. Hope his arm can recover a little bit. I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, and I mean, in the meantime, the freshman guys, uh, Riley, um, who's the other guy? Uh, mo- mostly Riley, but yeah, Riley bullpen, did a nice job this weekend. Yeah, they've all picked up the slack for Lighter being out, and Rocker had a shaky start this past weekend too. It was weird. He started off amazing, punched out the first seven guys he saw, including a four strikeout inning. Um, mm-hmm. The Heater was 92, 94, curveball 78, 83, or slider, whatever. You know, some people call it different things. Uh, Kumar calls it a slider himself, but it has more of like that slider shape. Um, yeah. He also throws another breaking ball at 85 to 87 that you could classify more as a slider. Um, but yeah, and then started to fall apart in the third inning a little bit for him. So ended up with the 13 Ks, but still not the line he wanted, especially 
you know, Alabama's got a great team. Um, they are fourth in the SEC West right now, but that's such a tough division that <laughs> that's pretty good for them. Uh, but yeah, yeah only five and a half games complete back. overwhelming dominance that you would have expected from him out of that start. Yeah, and I mean, luckily they had uh, Pat Riley and Christian Little. That was the other freshman I was forgetting about, go. who uh, you know started the other two games and won both of theirs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley was great. Little was Little's been maybe their most underrated pitcher. He's very much so. He's t- getting midweeks. He's getting weekend starts now with Lighter being on the mend for whatever reason. So I mean, maybe he's the key to them winning. Well, you know, assuming that they make the Vanderbilt run, we're expecting to. Everyone will get to know his name in regionals in the College World Series because pitching depth is key for that. You really need those four, preferably five, strong starters to get you through it. Uh, five is a lot to ask for in the college game, but if you have it, it's a game changer. For them, I, they might be them in Arkansas might be the only teams where you don't need five because they have such strong bullpens too and That's power true. lineups. But little being there four and being pitching well assuming lighter the week off weekend off maybe two weekends off will give him enough rest to continue and rocker just figuring out his mechanics or something that's going on i don't know i'm not really sure what's wrong with him i've been watching video but i can't really pick it out and then obviously riley he's been up and down too but he seems to figure it out of late yeah it seems like rocker's fastball is straight enough that you can square it up i guess so, like, I, I like to compare him to Max Scherzer. He'll still get the strikeouts. He'll still be dominant. But occasionally, if he gets hits around, it's usually the fastballs just being straight four seamers that that happens. I don't know. That's just what I feel. But I don't know. I, I still believe in him. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree happen. with that. I, I think if he wants to have success at the next level, either he's going to have to develop kind of like a fade to that fastball or he's going to just – throw it low in the zone he can't throw it high because high it's gonna get hit yeah well we've seen all the wave with guys like eric cole throwing those two seamers that just move ridiculously so maybe a major league pitching coach will get him going on that yeah because he has great potential but his fastball is not like lighters he's still an amazing pitcher but there are some kinks in the armor that they're going to try to work out and then speaking of the lineup um enrique bradfield jr and carter young I'm not sure I can name a better one-two punch at the top of a lineup. Is Enrique Bradfield Ricky Henderson 2.0? He might be. Does he get the 162 bases in a year, though? No, that might be a lot to ask for, but yeah, he's just a damn bit. good. <laughs> no, he's he's absurd. He's manning that out. He's only a freshman, too. Yeah. He's only going to get better, only probably going to get faster, maybe bulk up a little bit. He's a little skinny, but he's a pretty good, pretty good player. <laughs> I'll take it, and we're going to get in the college game to enjoy him for a little while longer before he goes on to big things and pro ball. And yeah, that into Rodriguez behind the dish, and their lineup is a classic Vanderbilt powerhouse. Yeah, and I mean, Carter Young, he's not Dansby Swanson, but he kind of reminds me of Dansby a little bit. Yeah, no, I get you there. That's that's a pretty solid comp. There's some qualities that stand out. Yeah, no, he's not their best shortstop they've ever had, obviously. But that bat at number two, especially if Bradfield keeps getting on with the insane ways he's doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's and then they got their three, four guys. I mean, top down, I'm not sure there's a guy you want to pitch to. 
no, that's, that's safe to say. And, you know, you got those horses coming out of the bullpen and leading up the rotation in the lineup that just scores enough runs for them. How can you stop them? Yeah, and I mean, the only thing I would say against them compared to Arkansas is they're fairly young because of the year off last year. They're not young per se, but compared to Arkansas, like Arkansas's pitching staff is the older staff. So That's I'd say true, that yeah. Arkansas might give has got Arkansas that sense of urgency. Yeah. I guess you could say Vanderbilt does a little bit too with those top two hitting the draft, but granted, they're just a factory of arms. Yeah. And I mean, this is only Lighter's first full year. This is only Rocker's second full year. Mm hmm. So that's a that's a factor. I don't know how much it's going to matter because, I mean, like we saw in the uh, ELO rankings that we'll talk about, I mean, it was basically chalk for the top eight seeds. So maybe, but, like, you got to think like a team like UConn where it's very veteran-driven. team like Fairfield, a lot of veterans starting. I'm not saying they're going to go all the way, but there's a lot of teams like that that could make run, surprising runs. Noise will be made. Yes, exactly. We got that same sense of urgency here with all the veterans in our lineup. Um, you know, once again, like Vanderbilt, we consistently can develop good players, but it's that special combination of talent that we have right now that we want to take advantage of. Exactly. And then number three team in uh, the country, second in the SEC West, a game behind Arkansas, like we said, Mississippi State. They lost the series finale in extra innings to South Carolina. However, they dominated them the first two games. Yeah. And, I mean, that game was an 11-inning thriller, so South Carolina had to fight back. So, even so, it's not like they got blown out of the water. Um, their lineup was dominating the whole series, and it was just the pitching that unraveled a little bit in that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mississippi State was up 3-2 with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, South Carolina. South Carolina came back, scored one, and then ended up winning it in the 11th behind some very strong pitching on their part. So props to them because they're playing for a regional spot, a okay. regional host spot potentially. No, definitely. Uh, Mississippi State turned it on at the right time, though. They've only lost one game since that Vanderbilt series, and their only two losses have been to Vandy and Arkansas, which is sweet, but, I mean, those teams are amazing. So it's forgivable and got fuel for the fire for if they meet again. Yeah, I mean, they got they got vets. Like we said, the veterans are going to probably run the College World Series this year, if I have to assume, just because mm -hmm. of the year off and all the sense of urgency everywhere around campus. I remember Coach Penders has said this is probably the best year of college baseball ever. And, I mean, we're seeing that right now. But Mississippi oh, State especially, they got some veterans on the staff, veterans uh, in the field. They could pull it off too. I mean, considering their only two series losses were to the top two teams in the country. They get out of the if they get out of the SEC, potentially they could pull off pull off something. That's the thing. You feel whatever team gets out of the SEC is is going to get the job done because it's the SEC. I don't think we need to explain that one. I mean, they um, got the top four teams. Yeah, exactly. So if their veterans can pull through, they they have every bit the look of a championship team. So I'm a believer in Mississippi State. Yeah, me too. And then Tennessee, first place in the SEC East. Only by half a game. Obviously, they lost the series to Vandy already, but they still got half a game on them. They announced yesterday, I believe, that they're going to go 100% capacity for the Arkansas series, which is their biggest series to date now because Vandy dropped a two. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that obviously that in-state rivalry was big, but 
yeah. I think if you can beat Arkansas, that's a bigger, bigger game. Oh, no doubt. Just in the nick of time. Coming off a sweep of Missouri. So they're they're feeling good, feeling confident in themselves coming in. So that yeah, that's must watch baseball, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And then um Texas, they're looking pretty legit. Yeah. Took that series over number six TCU. They're still one game back in the Big 12 standings for first place, but yeah, they got some big potential. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, basically, they got uh, West Virginia this weekend and TCU has K State, Kansas State. Well, they sweep West Virginia or take two out of three, and um, TCU loses two out of three or one out of three, depending on how Texas does. They're they got the series win over TCU, so they could go right into first. And I think that's going to be a bigger deal than most people realize with the playoff implications because the winner of the Big 12 is probably – is de- well, it's definitely hosting, but the runner-up I don't think is going to host a region. Yeah, that's that's safe call. Yeah, I would agree. Um, West Virginia, it seems like a team they can take advantage of. And while TCU will be fired up to Kent State, they're coming off of – you know, a little bit of a beatdown against Texas. So, yeah, it's going to be big implications going on right there. Yeah, and their center fielder is in a slump. <laughs> he is. There's <laughs> there's some reasons for that we've heard from our exclusive um, TCU source. Yeah, apparently he got a girlfriend, so now he's not as motivated to play baseball. We that's, can't confirm or deny that. That's just what we've heard. Yeah, that's it's a tough look, but, you know. Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. As Steve Adazio says, just guys being dudes. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue that fact. Um, some more college baseball news that we'd like to highlight. Um, Ole Miss, this is why we talked about how they probably aren't going to catch uh, Arkansas or um, Mississippi State. Unfortunately, their ace, who was projected as the number four prospect on college top 100 list, towards UCL and is now out for the season and probably out for next season. Yeah, Gunnar Hoagland, um, he's been having a real strong year for that team, but that hurts. There's no way around it. Um, just like we said about LSU when Jane Hill went down, um, you lose your ace and a top draft guy, it goes without saying that that hurts. So, yeah, it's very unfortunate that happened, but how much you can do about it. And at least they had one good story about tears. Um, their team captain, Tim Elko, he's coming off of an ACL tear that he sustained on April 5th. But he came back after rehabbing for the last month on Saturday, re-entered the lineup, three-run bomb in their victory over Texas A&M. So at least they had that to help them feel a little bit better. Yeah, no, I mean, I watched him run the bases, and I was like, well, if he didn't have a home run, he's not making it past first base. Yeah, he, it was a little he, bit of a struggle. But it's very impressive. Yeah. Balls of steel for Tim Elko. Yeah. And I mean, it just shows that, like, you can play on a torn ACL, I guess. Probably not the smartest idea, but hey, he's, he's got heart, and that's all you can count. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, is it going to go great? Probably not. Probably not. But, like, hey, you can still stand in the box and swing. So that's all you need to do, I guess. Just uh, hope you hit a lot of deep balls in the gap or home runs so you don't have to do a ton of running. Yeah, exactly. Um, who? Oh, Southern Miss. Um, you know, they had a pretty good pitching weekend, I'd say. One day after Hunter Stanley threw a complete game shutout with 16 strikeouts, Walker Powell spent 
his senior day, nonetheless, uh, no hitting middle Tennessee. He's overcome two Tommy Johns, which is, I mean, that's incredible as it is um, as in his time as a gold needle. Uh, so that's, I mean, what a comeback story, you know, overcome two Tommy Johns and then on senior day, throw a no hitter. Yeah. He was really emotional afterwards. So that, that was cool to see um, a guy that deserves it. Um, tough, tough weekend for the middle Tennessee bats, but yeah. Southern Miss is a real dangerous squad. Um, I don't want to brag, but UConn saw Powell and scored six runs on him over five innings. But no, he had an amazing weekend. No, but this so. is about him. This is this is him. no, no. <laughs> that, that that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, no, that was that was a great moment for Powell. Um, Southern Miss, the crowd was going nuts. Um, their announcer had a great call of it. If you saw the clip on Twitter, so yeah, that was that was a cool moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean. To throw no hitters, one thing that's super cool, but to do it on senior day after overcoming two major injuries that oh, put yeah. you out for two seasons that's incredible. That's awesome. That's, it's the perfect storm. And speaking of the perfect storm for a no hitter, we had two other ones this weekend. Hartford this week, they announced that their board had elected to move them to D3. And obviously, that was not a popular decision. It's a shame. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was. I'm not going to speculate on it, but my money, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's got to be, but it just sucks. There's no way around it. So, Nicholas Domkowski, he responds by saying, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just go out and throw a no hitter. Second one in programs, D1 history. Um, he Why was not? Amazing. You know, yeah, stick it to him. Yeah, exactly. A little bit. Um, against Albany, I believe it was. And then their softball team, they protested it. They covered up, taped over Hartford on their uniforms. So that was, it's a, an odd weekend down there with some awesome and some very sad. Yeah, and I mean, Dave, Dave, who we had on earlier, he went to Hartford, played D1 yeah, baseball right. for them. So you got to wonder how he feels. Maybe we'll ask him. Shout out to him. First hit in the history of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. All-time name. <laughs> All-time name. And what a cool moment for him to uh, get that first hit. Yeah, no one deserves it more after two years away from the game. Great Absolutely. for him. And such a great dude. He was amazing in our interview with him. Perfect way yeah. to kick off the first guest ever beyond the diamond. Yeah, and I saw him, I, like I said in the interview, I've seen him work out all winter last year and this year. No one deserves it more. He works. He worked hard for it. Definitely. That, that was made me very happy to see that. Um, and one more note on the no-hitters, Justin Campbell of Oklahoma State. He also threw one just because Why pitching not? is king. <laughs> Why not? Let's, yeah, let's the add another no-hitter in there. Um, and then another highlight we'd like to uh, talk about, um, Tyler Bossetti um, for Nevada. Nevada. Um, he set the NCAA record with home runs in nine consecutive games. Uh, he continued his streak with a first-running moonshot against Arizona State on Monday. Well, that's just the record you didn't think you'd see broken. Yeah, everybody thought it would be Wes Clark after that start he had, which was amazing, and he's still doing pretty well. But Bosetti has just turned it up to another level. And uh, there was a D1 baseball regional projection that had Nevada and UConn in the same bracket. So this is a guy we'll have to be careful facing if it comes to that. Yeah, no, I th they're definitely beatable. But, I mean, one swing changes the game. Yeah, that's it's a dangerous threat, safe to say. Especially in the year of pitching, a great record to be broken. <laughs> yeah, we're just out here talking about all these no-hitters. And meanwhile, Bosetti's like, all right, sure, nine home runs in a row. And another guy who went 
absolutely bananas this weekend. Okay. Um, Will Frizzell from uh, Mississippi State. Yes. No. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, from Mississippi State. No. Forget I said that. I don't. I don't remember. It's Texas A&M. I think it was yeah, it's Texas A&M. I knew it was Red School. My bad guy. Well, they were playing Ole um, Miss, so we had Mississippi yeah. on the mind. Exactly. Uh, they played Ole Miss this weekend. He went over the three games, seven for twelve, five home runs, eleven RBIs. Against the number six team in the country, nonetheless. Not too shabby. I'll take that line any day. I I mean I can't I can't complain, especially in the year of the pitcher. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we just sit here talking about all these pitchers, and then these guys are doing this. It just makes it even more amazing. There's another guy yeah. that went off this weekend, Kyler Fredko of UConn Huskies, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, he definitely did, though. Um, UConn as a whole went pretty good. We did pretty good. Yeah. Um, and we talked about these ELO rankings and projections for the eight teams for Omaha earlier, but looking at it, it has the one seed as Mississippi State, two Arkansas, three Texas, four Vandy, Five Florida, six TCU, seven Texas Tech, eight Tennessee. I mean, Vandy at four, they must know something about lighter that we don't. Um, otherwise, the top four is fairly good. I guess it's because they think Mississippi State, Tennessee is probably the matchup that stood out to me, besides Texas TCU, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida at five is a little bit of a surprise, but the rest I can get on board with. I think Vandy and Florida are it's going to be a more competitive series than people think. Everybody just assumes Vandy is amazing, and which they are. But Florida's dangerous. That's a hungry. They were team. the preseason number one. They were, and they've been heating up the last few weeks. Like I said, Jed Fabian is himself again. So that's a series that I can't wait to watch. And we know how dangerous yeah. Texas Tech is as well. So yeah, them and Arkansas will be matchup for the ages, but. Yeah, I'm just curious how they landed on um, Mississippi State over Arkansas, considering Arkansas's run the table this entire year. You know, I I can't explain that one, but I don't know. (laughs) Maybe we can get some sort of expert on the show to explain that, because we think we're experts, but then I can't explain this. Mississippi State's amazing, but Arkansas is the clear-cut number one. And honestly, if I'm Texas, I'm loving this matchup against TCU. You just beat them in the regular season series. I think, I think of all of them, that's the best. That's the team you want to play. They're, they're every other team's on the up. TCU seems to be on the down. Oh, it's certainly no disrespect to TCU, but yeah, you have to just assume Texas is going to take care of business there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No disrespect, though. No, I, I love TCU's team, but yeah. It's very possible that Texas. That's probably the most favorable team you want to play uh, right now, just based on baseball works in weird ways. And you want to play a cold team, not a hot team. That is very true. Can't argue that. So, so yeah, that's what we're looking at these ELO rankings. Um, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know how ELO works. I forget, but I mean, we'll figure out how projecting. ELO works when we figure out how RPI works because. Exactly. Thought they use, apparently they use them both. I don't know. You can have a low strength of schedule, but still be number one in RPI. I guess so. Um, and 
we were talking about veterans before, so I think due to such good competition, there's a good chance there's no it's a chalk bracket. But I mean, it wouldn't be college baseball if there wasn't a Cinderella team. Oh, exactly. I think there's going to be a lot of noise made, but but yeah, and I certainly I know I was like you would think it would be a chalk bracket. I know I was talking to you earlier yesterday. There's not a single. They don't think the West guys are going to do any good. I think. I mean, look, we had Arizona coming second two years ago. I think Oregon or Stanford, they could make a run. Stanford, San, oh, I can't talk today. Stanford is dangerous. They rose up four spots from 16 to 12 over the last week. Um, I'm certainly not discounting them. No, I think, I think we got to take a better look at the West, but I think, I think one Western team will make the top eight. That's it's my like a classic Mike Trout situation. People don't realize how good Mike Trout is because they don't watch West Coast baseball that much. Yeah, meanwhile, West he's Coast college is uh is pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, I know when uh, D one baseball is talking about it, how like that those Pac twelve games are man, they're fun, but they're always so late, no one can watch them, which is unfortunate. Yeah, Oregon has been amazing at ten after starting off the year not ranked. UCLA's fallen to twenty three after being number two to start, but. Certainly can't discount them. No. They're still the I mean, number Oregon, 23 team Oregon in the country. Swept, yeah, Oregon swept Oregon State. Like, you don't just sweep your in-state rival like that. No, that's just not something that happens lately. No. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least one Cinderella. I guess we consider the West a Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a nor- northern Northeast team could make it. I don't know. I feel like UConn or Fairfield are probably two best bets. and well, You can't discount Pitt either, but... Yeah, well, yeah, Pitt. I don't know if that I would think be Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a really dark good. horse, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if they have the pitching to keep up, but I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, for all the all the batters we talk about, it's it's the year in the pitcher. We're, it's going to be pitching that wins, or wins it this yeah. year. As much as I don't want to face that Notre Dame lineup, it is. It is pitching that will be the most key. That's, that's how I've Pitt, always felt about it. Yeah, that's why Pitt's good. That's maybe why Vandy's at four. If I had to guess, they don't trust their pitching, which I mean seems insane, but also I can understand. I can understand, but imagine if I told you that on opening day. Imagine if I told you that after lighter threw his no hitter. That's that I was I looking at all time high. Yeah. After In the night first before, we were start. just like. Okay, Kumar's undisputed number one. Like, it's like, no. Not too fast. I'm, I'm like, nah, he's going to throw a no-hitter. <laughs> he did. We have the tapes. Yeah. He did. Um, so now, a uh, little bit about Fairfield this past week. Um, they swept Niagara in Niagara. Quite the trip. They were there Friday to Sunday. They came back Sunday night, Monday morning. You know, it's up in Buffalo. It's Niagara Falls. It's far, far drive. Yeah. Um, they locked up the one seed for the MAC tournament, which is a two-round tournament this year. The first round is the top eight teams um, face off one, one, uh, one loss, single elimination. There we go. It's May twenty-first to the twenty-third, and then the top four do a double elimination tournament at the top seeds host. So Fairfield wins the three-game series against the eight number eight seed. They host the entire thing the weekend after the 27th to the 31st. So, I mean, it should be fun. Um, right now we're projected to go to Pitt to face UCLA. Great bulletin board material they have on us. So 
that's not exciting. This is what happens when you roast a team on your opening day show. Yep. But they lost exactly. the series to San Francisco. They, they deserved it. Yeah, well, I don't see San Francisco in the rankings. So you say all these still San Francisco's having a pretty good year. Yeah, not not UCLA at all. No, UCLA, UCLA should be. Yeah, you for all the West Coast baseball we like, we don't like UCLA. They more bulletin board material, lovely. They're just gonna have the podcast written in the dugout, just beyond the diamond. They'll know what it means. <laughs> They'll know. I'll have a picture of you up. <laughs> I'll have that picture you made. So yeah, on to UConn. We t- it was a big, big implications for the Big East um, in this series. We took three out of four for St. John's. It was a really competitive weekend of ball. Um, we really needed to win the series. If we had even split, it would not have been great. Um, but we pulled that game out in extra innings on Sunday. Uh, Kyler Fedko, going by the Sky Warden as his nickname now, he is unbelievable. <laughs> He's hitting 414 this year. Was playing on a hamstring. It's not at 100% either. He's absolutely terrorizing the conference. Um, made a diving catch to save that game too. Kept it at bay. Um, so just a little bit uh, on Friday, he was the star because we were down in the eighth inning, three to two. Uh, Austin Peterson got us through seven. Pitched well, um, but a two-out, two-run double, a little bleeder down the line. Gave Kyla gave us the first lead. Then Caleb Worcester came in and struck out the side in the ninth inning because he is the man. Um, he does that what he tends to do. Nick Mondak, um, who has some draft potential for them, started, he went six, gave up one run. Um, ten hits, though. We got some runners on base against him, but we kept stranding them. Um, but, I mean, he's pretty good, so that's that's his job to make strand him. Um, then doubleheader on Saturday. Um, this is what pissed me off. Game one was seven innings because in-conference doubleheaders. The eighth mm-hmm. inning is the UConn Huskies' best inning. Um, at the time, I, I forget exactly what it is now, but at the time we had scored 53 runs this year in the eighth inning. I don't want to jinx anything, but that's where this team takes off. Thrive on that late environment against the team's setup, man. Um, Pat Winkle had a home run. Christian Fed corner bad ground out. Ben Casparius pitched solid, got through three runs in five innings, um, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Um, couldn't get the job done, but we rebounded. Uh, Pat Gallagher was unreal in game two. Seven shutout innings, uh, eight strikeouts, only two hits and one walk. Did an awesome job. Uh, Reggie Crawford got a two-run single to put us up 2-0. Uh, Chris Wrinkle added a run in the fourth. Eric Stock and RBI ground out. Um, and Chris Brown had his first college career home run. And uh, yeah, one more note. Good for him. Yeah, definitely. Our third baseman. Uh, he didn't have his best series, so it was nice to see him get that hit there because he started turning it on in the latter half of the series after he struggled a little bit. I mean, he had been out because he was contact trace from COVID too. So now that he's heating up a little, he's dangerous back for us at the bottom of that order. Had a big weekend against Bucknell too. Um, and one more note from that game, uh, Chris Winkle, one of our personal favorites here. Um, he's the man. He got his 200th career hit as a Husky. Um, he's been a captain for the last three years, fifth year senior. He's the 21st Husky to get that accomplishment. So really happy for him to see that go down. Um, yeah, great for him. Not to brag, I got 243 hits in my the show season this year, but good for him. Not all of us can be Colby Rush in the show, but that's yeah. what we strive to be. 
exactly. That's worth it. And then Sunday's game, that was that was some baseball right there. Um, it was. I was not a fan of the strike zone behind the plate, but that's, yeah. we won some. You lose some there. It's all good. It's all good. Um, kind of a bullpen day for us. Uh, Joe Simeone looked good, and we didn't have a very long leash on him, but we kind of want to maximize what he can do, just let him go all out for the first couple innings. So he did a nice job. Um, we were down two to one in the eighth inning, though. Um, they were doing really well on the mound. Tyler Roche um, started for them, four and a third shutout, punched out six. But the bats heated up once he came out of the game. Uh, Ethan Routson, he's their closer. Reminds me a lot of Stephen Shock, the closer down in Virginia. Got that, like, you know, big beard, long hair, sidearm Baseball submarine guy delivery. Vibe, yeah. Baseball guy vibe. Baseball guy, definitely. Got that, like, eastbound and down look. Um, so you got but, country country walkout songs, though? I'm not sure. I couldn't. ESPN didn't want to keep the stream going in between innings. Ah. We're also mad at ESPN because they didn't show Pat Winkle's home run on Saturday in game one. They cut back as it was going over the fence and never showed a replay. That's, yeah, uh, so, that's classic ESPN. Yeah. But Zach Bushling tied the game off of Ethan Routson in the eighth inning with a two-round double, so that was fun. And then Andrew Marrero had a scoreless eighth inning. Caleb Borster did his job well. Kyler Fedko came back and did what Kyler Fedko does. Two-run single, got us up 5-3. to three. Caleb got the job done. Um, nice day for the bullpen. So we are now off to Villanova after Northeastern canceled the midweek game. That would have been a great matchup because they've been on 17-game winning streak, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, they're but red hot. They had to make up an in-conference game this week. Understandable because conference games are very important this time of the year. So that midweek won't happen, but all we got left on the schedule is Villanova. Still technically have a midweek against URI. Don't know if that'll be played just because it seems like all those midweeks are doomed at this time of the year, <laughs> but um, hopefully it will be. And then we finish up um, Seton Hall at home to cap off the regular season before hopefully we get in that big East tournament. So that is your latest. You guys will have enough games, right? If you those two, eight more games. Knock on wood, as long as nothing crazy happens, we should be fine. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. But, yeah, no, it was a great series. I watched most of it. St. John's, you know, they're an upstart team this year, but still great competition. Yeah, that's the thing. Their record's very deceiving. Um, you look at it, and you're like, okay, they're not that great, but they're young, and they're hungry. And this was like mm-hmm. the World Series. They really wanted to prove themselves against us. This has been a big East rivalry for a long time, so much so that they had John Fanta calling the game for ESPN. He's like Mr. Big East Media. Um, but yeah, no, they impressed me. And even though we took the series, they played us really hard. Yeah, no, they were good. Um, also before we get into the MLB, we want to uh, give a little high school shout out here. I was a very brothers high school. Uh, Marcus Cedrone goes out there and pitches out the first no hitter in 17 years, punched out 11 against BC high. So that was impressive. Yeah. I think we're going to add a new segment to the show. Uh, high school. High school shout out. We'll figure out a name for it, but our first first edition of high school shout out for Beyond the Diamond was uh, Mark Cedrone's no hitter for Zavarian against BCI. Great, great job by him. Yeah, we got the Hawks finally playing after, you know, COVID. Yay, starting the year a little late, but hey, they're back at it and they're looking good. So yeah, Jerry Lambert, they'll they'll be playing like themselves. Two and zero, two and zero start. They look like a wagon this year. They're gonna run run train on the Catholic conference, probably win, win it all, you know, no biggie. 
Yes, star high school right there. Yeah. Um, so now on the like MLB, that. like Hunter said. Um, well, first thing I would like to know, obviously, as a Giants fan, I think this is a big, big thing. Um, Buster Posey doesn't technically qualify for all the, like, the top batting average, but he's hitting 400. Who cares if he qualifies? He's hitting 400 at 34. He was He'll washed, there. I thought. I thought he was washed, everyone said. Sources had told me he was done, especially after opting out last year. But Yeah, no. him, him and Molina. Molina's hitting like 325. Yeah, and nobody wanted him all offseason. It's just like, yeah, the yeah I guess I'll go back to the Cardinals. Take Vasquez out of the conversation. They're the two best catchers in baseball right now, and they were the two best catchers all last decade. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bart's doing well in AAA, but you, you can't take Buster out of the lineup. He's better than ever. No, maybe they'll have to pull a Maurer-type move and move him to first next year if Belt doesn't come back, but and if Bart progresses that much. But, I mean, the one-two punch of him and Casale, who's just, like, somehow every pitcher throws, like, a one-hitter with Casale catching. Say, all he does is catch shutouts. Yeah, the shutouts, one-hitters, one-run games. Everyone throws a gem to him. I don't know what he's doing different than Posey, but Posey's hitting. He changed his stance, and now he's hitting 400. He's hitting, like, 450 off fastballs, 333 off off speed, and then, like, 360 off breaking pitches. He's just seeing That's the unreal. ball. In that park, too. Old guys roll for the Giants. Brandon Crawford's doing his thing, too. A couple home runs the other day. And Belt and Longoria. It, the old heads, they still got it. They do. And then the new school Red Sox. New school Red Sox. Kind of new school. They're young veterans. I think that's a better. That's a good way to put it. You got a guy like Kike that's been around the block, but besides Verdugo, yeah. Besides Verdugo and Devers, they're they're young old guys. Bogarts isn't old, but he's old in baseball years. Just played his a thousandth game. Awesome. That's crazy. But yeah, he's certainly not old. He's in the prime of his career. He's, he's, he's the best shortstop in the game. That's that's what I say. So I think the only one that comes close is, is Trey Turner, Tatis, maybe if he's healthy. But I think the numbers, the numbers I have say my Turner, money on Bogarts is the most consistent absolutely any day of the week. I think it's actually stories number two statistically, but he doesn't get any credit because he's in Colorado. He's going to be traded, though. I heard to the Yankees, which just whatever. Sure, I guess. I don't know. Okay, well, speaking of Colorado – I know a guy that people said was just a Colorado product, but I don't think he is. Nolan Arenado is hitting. His line is 281, 345, 11. He's got six homers, including one against his old team the other day, and a 1.3 war. Can we officially now all agree what, what some of us knew before, that he's better than just, just a Colorado product? Cardinals are red hot, and he's, he's behind that. Well, besides Flaherty, you know, doing his cool thing, hitting home runs and striking out guys. But, I mean, Goldschmidt's starting to heat up, but Aaron Ott has been the most consistent guy with Molina being on the IL right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a superstar. One of the best third basemen in the game. We can we can debate who's better, you know, but I love Nolan, and I love that trade for them. The Rockies they won that trade easily. Rough. And, yeah, I, I mean, I never – I was always a fan of him, but I couldn't be because he was on the Rockies – I'm all in on Nolan Arenado now. Yeah, he's been just exactly what St. Louis needed. So, yeah, he's he's the man. Um, another veteran who's looking like his old self, uh, Madison Mumgardner. He threw a, a no-hitter 
it's a no hitter. Let's be real. No, um, no air quotes. It's a no hitter. It's a no hitter. Seven innings. He did what he was supposed to do. He didn't allow hits in the game. But yeah. you know, Manfred's gonna Manfred. Um, Manfred and then says seven innings is a real baseball game. Okay, then stats show it's a real baseball game. He threw a no hitter. Yep. Why do complete games and shutouts count, then? Yeah. Whatever. Um, well, last night against the Marlins, he looked like vintage Mad Bum, Mad Bum again. I think he allowed, like, two hits over seven innings. His velocity is definitely down, like it's been the past few years, but he's, he's unhittable still. Hey, he's got that deceptive arm anyway, so, yeah. As long as he spots, he'll be fine. And Oh, yeah. I love Matt Bum. He just goes out there and pitches with guts. So he doesn't care. He he doesn't. He has like the best dry humor I've ever heard. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's enjoying also what will probably be the last year of pitchers being able to hit. Exactly. So we'll save yeah. that while it lasts. Yeah. Um. Well, talking about a pitcher that can hit, um, Shohei Otani is the most skilled pit player we've ever seen in baseball. Granted, we didn't see Babe Ruth play, so I have no comparison. But last night, he struck out 10 over seven innings. Against a very good two... Astros lineup, nonetheless. Again, yes, a very good Astros lineup. Um, no one gives them credit because of the cheating scandal, but they're good this year. They're Dusty Baker has a good squad. I, I don't With care Verlander out, too. Where they are in the standings. But, yeah, exactly. They'll get Verlander back at some point. I think they're I'm, technically – I'm still all in on the Astros. They're either second or third. I don't know where the Mariners are. I know the A's are first. But – um. I mean, he struck out 10 over seven innings, had two singles, I believe. Uh, no home runs, but you know, can't have that every night. Oh, no. Still hard hit balls to uh, right field. And then he played right field. Yeah, speaking of right field, he goes out and does that. He's you know, why not do it all? I want to play out there. So, Joanne's not, not going to take his bat out of the lineup if he doesn't have to. Shohei is a god. Unfortunately, one bat, the Angels, like I taken out of the lineup. It was sad, but Albert was released wonder where yeah end up. i saw he might just not sign because if he doesn't sign he's eligible to play on the dominican team for the olympics yeah that's that's an interesting storyline now as someone that loves like amateur baseball which that's what a lot of the olympics will be that's awesome to see albert play in that it would be more cool to see him you know get through what will more than likely be his last year in the show but either way just, just give me some more, Albert. We've had I mean, Albert maybe, for 20 years, but I just want one more. Maybe a little time off, mashes in the Olympics, then Cardinals sign him, and he goes off in the song. You know, goes off. Happy. Yeah. Big pinch hit moment in the World Series. Big time. Um, we talked about no-hitters in college baseball. Well, there was two no-hitters, <laughs> um, which makes it four on the year, which is the five no, if you no, count five. Bumgarner. Five. Madison yeah, Bumgarner. it's five five according to beyond the diamond um john means is the al Cy young right now he's the best pitcher in the al he's having quite the resurgence from two years ago thinking he was he updated his linkedin profile because he didn't think he was going to play baseball anymore yeah he is so slept on he's filthy he's fun to watch yeah. pitch i mean you knew when he went out on opening day and dominated that red sox lineup that he had big things in store for him this year started to come on the scene a little bit back half of last year after being an all-star in 2019 um, but yeah, means is amazing. You gotta wonder um, who's gonna trade for him because he's not part of the Orioles. But they they, they can't win. That they're, they're not I trying feel to like win. He's young enough that they'll hold on to him for a while. But I mean, it's it's 
it's gonna get to that point. We just he's at the is. age because he's 29. He's at the age where pitchers now are pitching into their almost their 40s, late 30s. But he's at the baseball age where like his career should be over. So I'm, and I don't know. Maybe if the trade value is high enough, they'll trade him. It feels like Whit Merrifield to me, a team that's not ready to compete yet. They want to hold on to that one guy that's like a little bit of a late bloomer, but is the star of their team. And, you know, we can go back and forth. They could get a ton for him, but they also really want to have him there. Young guys learn from him. He brings people to the ballpark. So I don't know if I had to guess. I doubt he'll be in Baltimore's whole career, but let's just enjoy it while we can. Yeah, no, I mean, I think – because I'm hearing Scherzer's going to be on the market. So, I mean, you got to expect those to pro- those will probably be the top two starters. Maybe I, Luis Castillo might be on the market if the Reds still suck. Maybe. I mean, I hope the Giants get all of them, but that's not going to happen. They don't need them, though. Well, you talk about Max being on the market. Nationals easily could have swept the Yankees, but Brad Hand just decided to continue to not enjoy pitching against the Yankees. It's the same story every time. He, he comes in with these great numbers, but he just, the Yankees lineup just does not gel with him. Blue I mean, both saves. He, him and, and they lost those games. Him and Miller were the star of that 2016 or bullpen. What happened? I don't know what's happened. I wish I could tell you the Nationals, the Nationals and bullpens just don't go together. That's my theory. I mean, they literally won a World Series in spite of it because they kept running out Patrick Corbin. Yeah, and they, um, I mean, they would throw out bullpen guys, and then as soon as they they had the shortest lease I've ever seen in baseball. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like Javi Guerra was their fourth best reliever. <laughs> Nothing against Javi yeah. Guerra, but. Yeah, it would be no, like Tanner that... Rainey they wanted to trust, and then eh, sometimes couldn't. it went good, sometimes it didn't. Hudson and Doolittle were the only guys they had faith in. That's that's safe to yeah, say. Yeah, even then, even then, Doolittle still blew a few games. And yeah, Hudson got hit around a little bit by the Astros in the World Series, but he was filthy to finish it. So hooray for that! <laughs> yeah, if the three batter minimum exists that year, the Astros would probably have won the World Series. Well. I think the Astros' biggest Achilles heel there was letting Garrett Cole sit in that bullpen as Will Harris and Howie Kendrick. Well, go. yeah. We talked about the Snell thing last year. I still think that's a bigger deal. I don't think enough people talked about it. I mean, we talked about it for a while, but like everyone's going to talk about Snell forever. I think that the Cole one, the Astros might have won the World Series in that case. That's like the Giants in 2014 trotting out Tim Hudson. Oh, he gets hit around a little bit. Then in the uh, fourth inning, yeah, no, we're going to leave Bochy being like, nah, Bumgarner doesn't need to come in. Five innings save. I mean, the morning the of game seven, that was all I was talking about. Okay, well, we're going to get Granky. He'll throw a couple innings, and then Cole will just go as long as he's still pitching well. It was supposedly supposed to be the exact same situation. Two days rest, pitch him as long as he can. As soon as you get the lead, put him in. I mean, that things was, got was, weird because Granky was unbelievably dominant in that game. Yeah. But then he, he gave up that home run to uh, Rendon, and they went Tell to Will apart. Harris instead. Nothing against Will yeah. Harris. He was having a great series, but they, they figured out what his recipe was. Yeah. And if you rem- remember correctly, um, Strasburg was tipping his pitches in that game. Um, so, 
I mean, he, so he fixed that, I think, in the second inning, tipping the pitches. Mm-hmm. And then once he, well, then he was on. Yeah, the pitch shipping is tough. But, yeah, exactly. Figured it out and got the job done. And looking back to 2014, I mean, the talk of the before game seven was, is Bumgarner going to start the game? They thought he was just going to pitch the entire game. I mean, I guess you – I was going to say, I guess he's not God. You can't ask too much out of him. But I think he, he proved is. that he was God. I guess the like best him. pitcher. He's the best postseason pitcher I've ever seen. Obviously got Bob Gibson's there too, but – Modern day, he's the best postseason pitcher ever. Yeah, I love Bob Gibson, but exactly. This game is a little different now. 0.25 mad bums on World Series ERA. Over three World Series. That's not bad, huh? And the only run was in game one of 2014. Home run. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um I don't know. Wonder how different things would have been if they sent Alex Gordon. They should have. I know I they should have. Been I watched the game. They should have. You had to force him to make a good throw. I mean, I, I, I have. I if I had to guess, Crawford would have come up clutch and thrown him out. But you never. know. I think so as well. But you still got to force him to make that throw. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else do we have on here? Um, Degrom, well, another a little bit. Jared Kelnick's getting the call. Oh, okay. We can do Degrom first. No, we can do. No, I like that. All right. Talk well, the we're Mariners, on the same subject of of Mets sadness. Yeah, let's we're talk about the Mariners and how Mariners and Mets how they both seem to mess up everything. Mets sadness items of the week. Jared Kelnick gets the call in Seattle. Jacob Degrom leaves the game and goes in the IL. And Lindor and McNeil hate each other, even though they were just, you know, they were just arguing about a raccoon. Yeah, we don't have to talk about their walk-off. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, him got, getting called up, that trade was awful for the Mets. Everyone knew it. It's panned out to be awful for the Mets. But the Mariners somehow might have won up the Mets because their best player already hates them. That's true. No, we're just going to manipulate his service time. That, that was a great look. I mean, he's like, we he, all knew like, it, oh, but you didn't need to say it. Like, he, I mean, the Blue Jays tried to do the same thing with Guerrero, but no one said it out, right? Yeah, exactly. Padres did the same thing with Tatis, but then signed him to a massive deal. Chris so Bryant is, is the most popular example, too. Yeah, and I think um, this might be the, well, the Mariners, we were talking about this in the group chat last night. They somehow had Griffey, A-Rod, Johnson, and um, who's the fourth guy? Jay Buhner. Yeah. No, the DH. Oh, um, Edgar. Edgar. All on the same team, and they only won 90 games. How do you do that? I don't know. Swap out Griffey for each row and win you know, the most games ever, and then don't make the playoffs ever again. I mean, you had two of the best players of their generation, Griffey and Ichiro, not on the same team, and Johnson for that matter. Yeah. And you couldn't win a World Series at any they point? They did enough to save the kingdom, but they didn't, they didn't do enough to uh, actually win ballgames. <laughs> oh, I, I saw um, – we'll talk about this later, but the A's might be relocated. I saw someone that said, move them to Seattle. They don't have a real baseball team anyway. <laughs> and I can't argue it. They might move to Portland. And have two teams in that market. 
Yeah, no, I still like Nashville or Alaska better. I was going to say. Yeah, Alaska, that's a good one. Um, no, I think Nashville, Nashville's Nashville a great is a great baseball. That's what I want to see. Yeah. That's Baseball's big... country. Nashville is country. Move them together, that would be a big fan base. Imagine the anthem singers you could get to that place. My God. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, no. So more about DeGrom on the IL. I hope it's not serious, but at the same time, he just didn't look right. He was still pitching hard, but he just didn't look right. Yeah, he throws that pitch, makes that cringy face. That's just the last thing anybody wants. Oh, I guess, like, you know, other teams in the NL East. But, but no, let's be real. No one wants No, no one this. wants an injury. Especially he comes out guy. of the game with that. I guess we're lucky it was just side tightness they described it as, and it wasn't anything to do with his arm. So be glad about that. But, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was tough. But still, I mean, it could be like a core muscle injury, and you don't want that. No, Those not at bad. all. Um, the other NL MVP favorite, which Posey should be in the conversation for that, but that's whatever. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. had a show for the ages last night. I mean, yeah. it was quite the game. Wouldn't be an episode of Beyond the Diamond if we didn't talk about Acuna. But yeah, that was that was amazing. Two guys living up to all that hype. Yeah, both third years, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Vladdy's finally getting through. Acuna, we saw it a little bit last year. Uh, fourth but I mean, he's miles, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, we saw it a little bit. I, no, last year kind of counts, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's like a superstar now, which we knew was going to happen, but he's on a whole nother level. He took the home run lead back uh, last night. He's just – and he didn't even know he hit a home run. That was the best part. It was like the first run, that, yeah. the first one that wasn't a no-doubter. It's odd for him to not do that. And it was a line drive. Like, yeah. it was a bullet. It cut out before he even touched first base. That was amazing. Um, that's why he's a god. Mm-hmm. Speaking of baseball gods, sadly, Fernando Tatis has COVID. So that's not fun. I said I never wish injury on a player, but the Padres are hot. And the Dodgers might be hot again. I don't really know how the Dodgers are working. So Shout as out many Padres, as... though. They called up UConn product John Andreoli to replace him. It's true. Big big on them. I still don't like – I can't like them, though, because, you know, the Giants need to gain – they need to have as much of a lead before Tatis comes back and before the Dodgers get red hot because that's going to happen. We all know that. Yeah. That they can comfortably still only take two out of three against both of them. And they haven't played the Dodgers yet. That's what I worry about. Yeah, that's that's amazing to think that they haven't, especially considering them and the Padres have played – 90 times it feels like the Dodgers I mean yeah um so, I mean, yeah. same thing with Red Sox and Yankees that's true yeah, I'm still waiting for that matchup Red Sox A's great series though A's took the first game last night but the two titans of the American League at the moment yeah we thought the Royals were one of those two but we didn't really think that because you know mm-hmm. they're like on a 10 game losing streak now no um I had gotten a text a couple weeks ago saying when do we? When should we start taking the Royals, thinking they're for real? And I'm like, let's give them the Never. month of May, see how it goes. Nine games lost in a row. Yeah, although the Giants overtook the Red Sox for the best league in league record in the league. Sorry. <laughs> um. So that's a big deal, and that's behind their pitching. The Red Sox are doing it mostly. Their lineup is it's you a know turbo white. Lineup. Yeah. yeah, white hot. Like, I mean, it was the first two games they haven't scored over double digit runs like the last month it seems yeah, like no. Chris meanwhile Bassett the Giants pretty damn good last night 
the Giants are meanwhile winning two one games, one nothing games. Like unless it's the Rockies, they're not scoring more than four runs. Yeah. Uh, poor Rockies. It's, it's yeah, tough for them. At least they get the All Star game. Logan Webb there. Uh, I think he's technically their sixth starter. When Cueto was out, he got called up, but he threw a gem last night. Six innings, 10 Ks, one hit. Not bad for a depth starter. No. And he's still a young that. guy. He's got great stuff, but he's technically still a rookie. Yeah. Um, so Dodgers have been cold, no doubt, with the injuries and underperformance, but Gavin Lux changed that last night against Seattle. Um, Hit that big home run, looked at the dugout, yelled big LFG. We all know what that stands for. Um, yep. But, yeah, that was an electric moment. Well, I mean, it's Dodgers to not so he's much for a, you, but it was it was an electric baseball moment. No, he's moment. got great um, potential. Great potential. Yeah. Um, we saw him jump on the scene in 2019 a little bit. Not much of him last year, but he might be back. Yeah. Too bad May's gone. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Um, you had a feeling a guy throwing like a hundred as a starter with that turbo movement, he was probably going to get injured at some point. <laughs> yeah. And then two more things, both technically about the Red Sox. One's a good thing. One's a bad thing. Vasquez, I'm not going to say offensive because Posey's hitting 400 and Molina looks back, but defensive, he's better than Ramuto doesn't look good or great. Vasquez looks like the best catcher. He's good back there for sure. Um, it's been a great up from the days of when all the pitchers wanted Sandy Leone instead of him. But yeah, he's he's doing a very nice job back there for sure. Well, Leone couldn't hit to save his life. Except in 2016 when he was randomly the best hitter in baseball for like a month. That happens though. We just <laughs> pretend we just pretend to forget him. <laughs> I love Sandy. Um, and then the not so good thing, um, Cedric Mullins hit a uh, triple on an infield fly. That was just ridiculous. I don't understand why it wasn't considered an error. Neither do I, but... Bogarts should have caught that twice. Yeah. I mean, hometown scorer, maybe. Great heads-up play. Like, that's that's the base runner you love to see. Oh, yeah. No, Cedric is having a really, really good year. Yeah. No, he. I mean, he's he leads the AL in hits, I believe. Yeah. I mean, um, there's another no, guy and then, the Orioles we talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, I mean, that was a heads up play though. Like he saw the shortstop, the third baseman weren't. So that means there's no one on third because usually the third baseman is going to stay at third, but you know, need, knew, none of them knew who was catching it. Yeah. And he saw that Vasquez was, Vasquez shouldn't have had, he should have known to cover third, but at the same time, he never thought that was not going to get caught. Mm-hmm. It's not That's like why you say just... you want smart base runners rather than fast base runners, but if you have both, yikes. Yeah, like Buxton, he's both. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, Mullins is fairly fast too, and he just he knew he saw oh, no one sorry. at third. He beat Vasquez is running in catcher's gear. He's never going to win that race, so he beat him to third. Yeah. Now that it's that was... not like um. That's pretty special. The pitch, the pitcher's just standing there on the mound. The White Sox, oh my god, Oof. lost the game because the pitcher just stood there on the mound, can't not believing that he was awful. gave up the, didn't catch it or whatever. You gotta know. I mean, with all the PFPs these guys do throughout high school, if you go to college and then spring training, 
they, they should definitely know to cover the base at this point in their careers. I get you're upset, but it you can't let that get in front of you. You just got to get over there. Yeah, Understandable to have the emotions riding high, but not much of an excuse for that one. I'll be honest. No, I agree. And, um, and our final note, the Yankees are starting to become the Yankees again. They're heating up. Even though the Nationals blew those games, they still took care of business against them because they did have to come back. Um, Nationals had a great tweet on Mother's Day. It was, final, sorry, Mom. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I don't understand why the MLB keeps promoting Gary Sanchez. He sucks. He, Kyle Higashioka is really good. Like They, they started pitchers starting like, more often. Pitchers have like a 1.7 ERA when he's catching. When Gary's catching, it's like a three point four six. Yeah, I think that says everything. That doesn't tell you. Yeah, that's the number you got to look at. You're right. And the offensive statistics are much better for Kashioka right now too. And it's defensive too. Been in the minor leagues for so long, coming up, making an impact on that team. Yeah, and defensive. We know Gary can't play defense. Yeah, we do. But he made Um, one throw in the MLB. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, whoa, Yankees catcher does good things. Oh, it's Gary Sanchez. Well, we don't care. Yeah, release the I will Kraken. say, uh, the John Sterling calls are entertaining. That's a great Twitter account. No, it is. Um, another Yankee John Sterling calls. Giancarlo is is heating up. Of which, considering all they're paying him, that's that's the least they can ask for. Yeah, you can say he's the best hitter in baseball, but I mean, he's getting paid like he is, so he should hit. He should be. Yeah. But he also can't do anything but hit home runs, except for the walk-off single he had. Yeah. And even that was like exit velo a billion. Yeah. No, it, it, <laughs> they're hard hit balls. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the man swings out of his shoes. But Glaber it's like Tor- a controlled swing out of your shoes, but still. Yeah, no. Well, that's just because his arms are so strong. Like, it doesn't look like he uses his lower body, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no. He's just... He definitely does, but... I don't know. The guy's yeah. jacked. Yeah, no, and then I wanted to touch on Torres because I saw a report that Story, Story's best landing spot would be the Yankees. I mean, I know they want to keep Torres' bat in the lineup, but where would they put him? Because uh, Voight's back, so LeMahieu's at second now. Yeah, I mean, I would have to assume that you'd have to make Stanton play the outfield and DH Torres in that situation. Which means you got two liable guys in the outfield. Yeah, Judge out there, I mean, he'll get hurt at some point anyway. But Brett Gardner and Hicks, neither are having great seasons, so I guess you could bench one of them. Yeah, I think you have to, but, like, you need, like, that speed in the outfield. Although their field's kind of small, you know, they got that short porch. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm not sure it makes the most sense. I saw one. If Crawford starts to slow down, maybe he goes division rival. That's not going to happen. I'd love Trevor Story. It's not going to happen, though. No, they won't. You never know. Cardinal, Cardinals have a guy. Um, A's, maybe? Yeah, I mean, lost him in. Certainly not impossible. Yeah, Jed Chapman. God, all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, you knew yeah, he was going to go back to the A's and do that. No. I mean, great. Great for him, but did not think that Rangers well, that was another possibility. Sadness. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you go to the Mets, you suck. 
Like, Pilar was an MVP candidate a few years ago with the Giants. Now he sucks. Had a nice year in Boston, too. Yeah. Mets, nah, no bueno. Yeah. And then they – oh, well, I have another item of Mets sadness. They fire Chili Davis, and Zach Scott, their GM, acting GM, I guess, doesn't even tell the players. So you have Pete Alonzo sitting in his locker crying because of it because he found out on Twitter. Yeah, that one's that one's tough. Mets sadness is just all time high. That's just Mets being the Mets. I don't even know what to say about that one. Yeah. It's um it's a tough scene. Big time. Um I think that's all though. We can end on the Mets sadness. We end the show on Mets sadness. (laughs) Naturally. Banner week. I'm sure that Frank the Tank over at Barstool is loving it. (laughs) Yeah, no, they had a few walk ups though. So yeah. they're okay. So they they're got happy. that going for them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, great show. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, great. yeah. Like we said, next week we'll start doing, we're planning on doing Monday, Thursdays now that finals are over. So we'll get recap of the weekend, looking at the rankings. And then Thursday we'll look ahead to the weekend and look back at the midweeks for college and MLB. And of course our high school shout out of the week we'll do yeah. on Thursdays probably. Um, and be on the lookout on the YouTube, hopefully starting in June, Hunter's going to start breaking down some prospect tape for you guys. And we're going to start streaming the show That's on our YouTube. Be. We'll be pumping yeah. out content in all time high. Now that we'll have more time on our hands. So big things are Maybe coming. Start getting some merch. If you guys want some merch, we'll do some merch. Yeah. Give us ideas. Yeah. Uh, tweet, us. tweet us at beyond, beyond the diamond pod. Yeah. We're more active on there now. Beyond the diamond podcast yeah. on Instagram. We're always, yeah. our DMs are open. We're happy to talk. Yeah, we're active everywhere. We Send us talking. a message. All right, we're guys. Thank podcast. you. We love talking. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We Thank will see you. you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.